Move Forward Radio is brought to you by ChoosePT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at ChoosePT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Eric Reese. As a punishing linebacker for three years for the University of Texas Longhorns, including on their national champion team in 2005, Robert Killebrew delivered pain. Nowadays, however, he's all about relieving it as a physical therapist. In this episode of Move Forward Radio, Robert shares his journey from being a Southern California kid who didn't even play football to becoming something of a celebrity in the most football crazed state in the union to having his dreams of a pro career dashed to finally finding his way to a new life as a movement expert and healer. You'll learn that Robert largely owes his football career to his mom and that he owes becoming a PT not only to his own rehab experiences, but also to a lifelong thirst for knowledge that took a sharp academic turn when his personal goalposts moved. He also offers advice on the best ways to avoid and minimize injury, whatever your athletic ability and activity level. Here's our conversation with Robert. Robert, thanks for joining us on Move Forward Radio. In, in reading about you, I'm, I'm, I'm struck by the fact that your story has a, has a little bit of a different beginning than, than how uh, most athletes got involved in their sport. You, you not only didn't play football when you were a little kid, but uh, it was uh, when, when it was brought up to you after your family moved from Southern California to Texas, you didn't even know much about it. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. So, so, and then when you did play, uh, you frankly weren't that good and you wanted to quit, which is when your mother stepped in. So, so can you talk a little bit about all that? Growing up in California, you know, football was always on TV, but it wasn't a life uh, style like it is in Texas. So when I moved to Texas, it was a, a very much a culture shock and yeah, football was definitely the king. But like you said, I wasn't good at it. <laughs> I wasn't good. It just, it just, I hadn't grown into my body. And so it was a little bit clumsy, a little bit uh, awkward and uncoordinated. And so, yeah, early on, it was, it was, it was horrible. The only thing I was good at was running fast and hitting hard. Other than that, I had no other skill set whatsoever. Couldn't catch, couldn't throw. And so, you know, for a lot of my early career, um, it, was, it was a lot of frustration. <laughs> a lot of frustration. <laughs> so so what, what happened? You, you say your, your mother stepped in. What, what, what did yes, she Yeah, so my mother is, a, is, is very strong, influenced my life. And, you know, she, she's never raised quitters. And that was the one thing she didn't want to do. It was like, she didn't want me to quit in the middle of the season or in the middle of the class. And so I remember after my, my freshman year, and I knew I was going to be on the C team, you know, because we had the A team and then the B team. And they had the C team because we had so many kids who wanted to play football. So I knew I was going to be on the C team. I was like, I'm done with this. I don't want to play anymore. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, going to the counselor and, you know, speaking to the counselor and telling the counselor I wanted to change my classes. And I wanted to go ahead and, you know, take some, some auto shop, some other class. She said, okay, no problem. She kind of nodded and went about her way. She called my mom, asked her mom, is that what you, know, what you want? She's like, no, I don't raise no quitters. You know, stay in there. We're going to finish that class. And when he's done, he can transfer. <laughs> so I stay in there. I, I was on the C team and then moved up to the B team. And then injuries kind of prevailed and, and happened. And then before I knew it, by the end of the year, I was on the A team. Um, and there was a lot of work in, in between that. But, yeah, it was – my mom was not – gonna let me quit and I think a lot of that same type of mindset the same um, determination and drive is part of my everyday living so I I really appreciate that you know from her Mm -hmm. so how did you get from there to uh to becoming a starting linebacker on the Texas Longhorns (laughs) including their national championship team in 2005 yeah as the old saying goes practice 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 I get to (laughs) practice you know it, it was 
you know, it was a lot of just putting my head down and working. And I hate to use that terminology, but in reality, that's what it really was. You know, I was setting up cones in my driveway, you know, working on hands, working on coming around the corner, playing linebacker, playing DN. You know, I really kind of got absorbed into the sport. I, I watched it every Sunday and Saturday. I, I'd pick a couple of people out that I really enjoyed watching and try to mimic their moves and mimic their, their techniques. Um, I became a student of the game. Uh, reading every book I could regarding football, regarding the techniques of it, trying to learn as many defenses and offenses as I could. And, and always, you know, we'll call them try-hard guys. I guess that you would call me a try-hard guy. I'd always do extra, extra, extra. If coach said do 10, I'm doing 20. And, you know, like anything else, 1% over time slowly adds up, and I got better and better. And I'd say the first time that I even realized that this is an opportunity, you know, to go and do something else outside of just playing and, and hang out with my friends, it, it, it kind of like was a shock to me that, that that all the work that I had been doing was just to get better. Um, Some I was noticing and thought highly enough of me to offer me a scholarship. And that was kind of the long and short of it. You know, it, it, it could be, you know, it could be more stops along the way, but, long, but for me, it was just a lot of hard work and wanting to be better. Um, regardless of what team I was on, um, A, B, or C, I just want to be the best out there. I remember asking my coach, hey, coach, you know, who's the best player you've coached here because I want to be better than him? He's like, Robert, you're the guy. I'm like, no, 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 coach, no, 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 no. This is in high school, coach. Coach Yates, who is the best player you've ever played? You're, you're a coach. Like, bro, I'm trying to tell you, Robert. It's like, no, you're lying, coach. I just could not, you know, in my head, fathom mm -hmm. it was serious. Mm -hmm. um, so it, to answer your question, it's a lot of hard work, but it kind of got me to where I wanted to be and really kind of just believing myself, even though everybody would tell you, you know, that, you know Robert didn't believe himself, he didn't think he was that good. I really did think I was good, but not that good. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you, you, you went from not playing the sport when you were a little kid to yeah. uh, being basically at the pinnable, pinnacle of football in, like, the most football fanatical state in the United States. That, that, that must have been crazy for you. You know what? It, it was because football was never a big my, – my dad's 6'8". He played basketball. Mm -hmm. Mom is 5'4". She ran track. My brother doesn't, is completely opposite than I am. Uh, my sister – always complain about being too hot outside to go out and play so my family for the most part really just didn't really have any understanding of what i was doing and i didn't have an understanding what i was doing as far as you know football's concerned um we weren't we weren't in that world i remember went to the first tailgate after i got done playing um this is years and years when i'm done you know with my career and i was totally blown away by how much goes into a tailgate. I was like, are you guys serious? You guys get up and do this on Friday night? <laughs> hey, yeah, Friday night. You know, we start, you know, setting up tailgate. And then you're here all day? All day. And when do you guys go home? I'll go home after the game. Why? <laughs> it's like, why? <laughs> oh, for the love of the game. It just didn't dawn on me. So it, was, it was crazy in that regard. But, um, you know, something that I would say to that is, you know, it wasn't crazy to me in the sense of I was trying to be the best. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I take that in kind of – I take that in – every aspect of my life but I want to try and be the best in it and you know when I was getting recruited to go different places and go to different schools the reason I chose Texas because Texas is a football state right right the players that are at Texas are in some cases the best in the country mm -hmm. so I really wanted to challenge myself um, and be around that, that kind of setting but yeah I mean it's pretty intense it was a pretty crazy thing to look back and see you know where I've come and, and where I've been is it, is it the kind of thing where to this day, because, especially because you were a part of a national championship team, you're, you're, you're recognized places? 
you know, I, you know, I'm gonna say recognized, but you know, people are, it's, it's a hard name to forget. Killer Brew is a hard name to forget. <laughs> so they'd be like, I know that name. What's the name? And I tell them, yeah, I, I got 15 yard penalties. Oh, yeah. Unless, that's right. unless, unless, unless you're old like me and are a baseball fan, <laughs> then you're thinking of Harmon Killebrew. That's the next thing. People are like, yeah, a lot of people, are you ready to harm us? No, I'm not ready to harm Killebrew. That, that's the other thing I get a lot. Yeah. So, so I mean, you, you're a starter for, th- for three years on a, uh, on, a, on, a, on a big football team. Uh, was your assumption that you would become an NFL player? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I came to Texas to play football. Now, the education part was a definitive portion of why I chose Texas. I really wanted to go to a place to be challenged, you know, academically as well as in the sports realm. But my mindset was that, you know, I was going to go there, spend about four years, maybe five, and then go to the NFL. I mean, mm-hmm. most kids, to, you know, play at D1 level who start have those same aspirations, those dreams, or most kids would not be playing and put themselves in that situation, right? All that danger, all the injury, all the hard work. Sure. You know, love the game, don't get me wrong, but you really do it for the chance to go play at the highest level. That was my thought that I was going to get a chance to play at the highest level for a long time, you know, 10, 15 years, and, and really kind of um, just hone that skill set. Well, uh, uh, unfortunately, things did not work out that way. Uh, after uh, 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 no, not unfortunately. Fortunately, maybe fortunately from a monetary standpoint. Anyway, <laughs> I'll, I'll say I'll say yeah. Things didn't work out. There you go. Things didn't work out. So so I mean, you tried out for some NFL teams, but you didn't make a roster. You you kicked mm-hmm. around some after that. Then then you get a call from uh from the Calgary Stampeders in the in the CFL in the Canadian Football yeah, League. Yeah. But that didn't work out either. And, and I, I've read that you concluded that, that playing football just uh, was not going to be your career path. How yeah. hard was that to face? Well, you know, it, was, it, was, it, was, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. You know, growing up, my mom and dad are always big, big advocates for education. You know, mm-hmm. to tell me that's the one thing they can never take away from me is that piece of paper. Once you get it. So always strive to get that. Again, like I said, most of my parents and my brothers and sisters had no real aspirations for sports. And you could care less about it. Um, so it, it wasn't as if like I was coming into a position or a world where that was you know it or bust, right? I, I knew I had more value to add to the world than just you know running fast and hitting people hard. And I think that in itself was you know a nice crutch to fall back on. Now I didn't say it completely caught me. It was a nice crutch to fall back on as far as understanding I had more to offer. But it was hard. You know, like I said, you, you spend. You know, since I was 15, 14 years old, working in the backyard, you know, hours and hours, and you spend all that time, you know, making sacrifices, not going to parties, you know, eating right, exercising, you know, staying, going to bed early, mm-hmm. you know, getting up early, you know, all these things, getting up early. And, and then, you know, for, for the longest time, that's all you've ever done. And that's all some people see you as, is a football player. And then right. when that, that world ends, it is like a death you know there's a lot of individuals i've talked to about this and one individual i kind of talked to that kind of brought it full circle for me was a gentleman who was a, a ranger in special ops his name is eric eric and i were talking about his transition from being a ranger and operator into a civilian and he wrote a book about it and he had one of those people you talked to was a football player who was also a a ranger so he was kind of comparing the two, and, and he said there's a lot of similarities to the military and to football as far as the team and, you know, being done as far as, you know, leaving that and trying to reintegrate into the world. And that, that itself is hard. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of things that, that we can go on, probably another podcast about, you know, how we can reintegrate and do a better job. But 
I definitely say that part was hard. But being done playing on Saturday, that was difficult. What I do miss and what I think was the hardest was, you know, the in-betweens. You know, sitting in the locker room playing dominoes or laughing and joking on the bus or eating dinner with your teammates and just having – like, those are the things I, I really miss. And that was the hardest thing to kind of get over was going from uh, being a part of something to now you're an individual by yourself. The glory and the fame, I think, depending on how, what type of person you are, I, I don't think that really is something you miss. I think what you really miss is that those relationships. You really miss those connections, those networks you build with people. So mm-hmm. that was the hardest thing for me was, you know, trying to reintegrate into my community as, as Robert, not as you know, the linebacker. Right. So, so how did you find your way from that to, uh, to physical therapy? And, and did part of it have to do with maybe physical therapy you'd received as a player? Yeah, well, my dad's an occupational therapist growing up, so, you know, I, I was around that type of world. My grandfather lost both his arms in an electrical accident before my parents were married. And so I've always been around the rehab world, per se, for quite a while. Like, my grandfather went to Ranchos Los Amigos, and I, I didn't know about this place, how important it was. So it was always kind of around the peripheral of my, my life. Yeah, let's say a lot of it was based on, you know, some of the treatments I got, you know, from playing a very physical sport playing the way I played or you're even out the training quite a bit. And so, you know, I got a chance to kind of see that, that side of, of, of the sports world and see, you know, there is another option for me. The reason I got into PT was after I got done playing, didn't work out. I really wanted to try and kind of separate myself from, from football. And I wanted to kind of see you know, who I was and what I had to offer the world. And so I moved to California with my wife. We moved to a, a small beach town called Oceanside. It's in North County, San Diego. And I was a surf bum. I would surf every day out there and, and enjoy the weather the weather enjoy you know, the waves and being in an environment that wasn't competitive per se that wasn't violent that wasn't aggressive really gave me an opportunity and a chance to kind of heal both into that, that mental and physical realm let me a chance to heal and during that time I remember something a coach told me he said if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life and I was trying to think what do I love to do man what is something that I can just enjoy doing every day get up and do it and it doesn't bother me I want to be a servant that's for sure I want to help people but what can I do to help people that fulfills me and you know while I was out there surfing and doing my thing and my wife is like you should probably you know look into you know personal trainer so I got into personal training just you know to kind of fill the void and as I started personal training, I said, I kind of like this. And people would ask me questions. I said, I don't know the answer to that. Let me get right back to you. I go home and I read. I come back and tell them the answer. Mm-hmm. And ask another question. I don't know the answer. Let me go home and I'll tell you. And then it, started, it slowly became like, you know what? You should probably, um, these questions are a little deeper, a little more information. I don't know these answers to these questions. Let me find someone who does. That's when I started getting into the PT world. And I was a little reluctant to get into it first because I tried my own man and my dad's occupational therapist. So I can't be like him, so I'll be a PT. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was very much a, a, a natural transition for me as far as using my skill sets from training and lifting and traveling all around the world, all the country and, and working with the best trainers, the best you know, athletes and taking all that knowledge and putting it into fruition really was a, a, an easy thing for me to do. The hard thing was really sitting down and trying to learn all the steps I need to get that mission accomplished. I think being a personal trainer was one thing, but mm-hmm. becoming a PT was completely different. And, and that was a new challenge for me. So yeah, man, that's how I kind of became a PT. As you describe yourself, it sounds like you're very much into, into learning and, um, yes. and education and so on. But uh, apparently uh, the results weren't, weren't always shown earlier in your life because you, no. you told an interviewer recently that when someone at Texas State 
uh, uh, looked at your academic transcript, they actually laughed. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, man. You know, because again, I went to Texas to play football. And at the end of the day, it was just really, yeah, you know, I, I, I always, and this is funny you say, I always love to learn. Anybody who knows me would tell you, Robert loves, he is a king of like, facts that really have no point at all to know. Like, there's no reason to have these facts in your brain, Rob. Just let them go. But I, I, I enjoy the aspect of, of absorbing everything. And in college, like most college kids, I really, I was going through the motions. I really didn't see a, 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 a reason for these classes. I didn't see, again, I don't think I was going to NFL. My mom, like, bro, I don't need to learn about this. And then, of course, when things didn't work out, I look back through all those, and I was like, I missed an opportunity to really learn from the best. And I'm not gonna let that happen again. So if I can't learn from them, I'm gonna at least go out there and try and teach myself. Um, so yeah, when I went to Texas State, I went through that transcript process. They, they definitely were like, man, this is not at all competitive. You have so much work to do. And it was disheartening, right? Because again, I, I in my opinion, I graduated from UT, I graduated. Don't that count for something? Like, no, man, you just can't just graduate. You gotta really put work in and show what you wanna be a PT. Mm -hmm. It was a hard interaction. Right, because here I am, you know, somebody who is, for the most part, just willed himself, right, through either just brute force, through just, you know, lifting more weights, running extra, just, phys just physically just willed myself to do anything I want to do. And now I'm presented with this opportunity that I can't wield myself to do. I have to use another muscle that I probably haven't used a whole lot of and mm -hmm. haven't developed and sharpened. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I realized that, you know, being a PT is not just about knowing how to exercise, right? It's not just about knowing how many sets to do, how many reps to do. It really is about understanding the totalitarian of the body and how it integrates with everything. That's the body, the environment. And so at that moment, once he, you know, he laughed at my, you know, transcript, it was kind of in jest. He's like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Well, you got so much work to do. I'm like, bro, what you talking about? That's my, okay, I'll hurt my feels a little bit. Um, but it, it was at that point something that kind of – I could feel myself transitioning from a football player into a professional. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I would – you know, we, we always look back on, on you know, certain – I'm reading this book, Matthew McConaughey's book, you know, Green Light, and look at all these situations that might have been – we thought were red lights – we're out of their green lights tell us to go. And that was one of those green lights where when he laughed at it, again, he was kind of doing it because he was like kind of in jest, like, oh, you know, but it really kind of bothered me a little bit. And it's okay, you know what? I can do this. I'm going yeah. to do it. I'm going to do it well. Yeah, and that's kind of where I got to it. So, so how did you get from there to, to getting through PT school and, and ultimately coming to where you are now at, at well, Austin Physical Therapy? Like I said before, a lot of hard work. <laughs> practice, yeah. practice, practice. And, and, and that's the thing. I think what football has done and this is something you know and and a lot of people ask me if you had a son I have two dollars if you have a son you're gonna let your son play football I, I wrestle that question a lot and and my answer to that question is you know the life lessons I learned playing football playing a sport teamwork being accountable being dependable being responsible right doing extra showing up on time showing up at all all those kind of very small things I picked up were very instrumental to help me get through PT school because you're right, it is hard. And if you look at, if I, if I just looked at the list, I remember when I, I got home and the, I think I laughed at my transcript, I looked at all the lists of stuff I had to do and all the steps and all the years ahead of me. I was like, this is a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. It looked very similar to as if I was looking at my roster on the C team and saying, okay, how do I get from the C team to the A team? How do I go from the A team to varsity? How do I go from varsity to college? How do I go from college to national championship? 
right? And it's just it's just things you gotta do as far as you know, put the time and put the work in. So that was kind of the same thing I saw as just another opportunity for me to really buckle down, start to study, and start to focus on developing my my mental muscles, if you will, my mentals, mm-hmm. as uh, Marshawn Lynch likes to say. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really believe that 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 was a transition for me. That you know, I, I had to see it in a. It, it sounds very cliche, and those who play football know. Those who don't, are kind of like, man, he's kind of crazy. But I saw like, you know, when I had to go and you know read an article and you know do a, a systematic review. I saw this. Okay, this is your chance to do you know wind sprints, Robert. Now just take that same mentality you do in wind sprints. I like running. I hate reading. Okay, okay. I know you don't like those, but take those same mentalities and see if you can apply that same energy to this to this paper, to this book, to whatever you're doing academically. And that's how I did it. You know, I just had to change and rewrite and rewrite my story to say, okay, I'm I'm physically gifted, but I'm also mentally gifted. I'm also academically gifted. Let me go ahead and show that side of me here. And it was a lot of hard work and a lot of help from a lot of people. You know, my wife really helped me out quite a bit as far as continuing to encourage me. I had a, a, a good friend named Shaw Patel in PhD school. He really helped encourage me. I mean, it was, it was like anything else, a village of people that you surround yourself with that, that encourage you when you're down. And that's how I really got through PhD school. And that's how I you know, got you know, from, from high school C-team to playing national championship, you know, hardworking fr- family and friends who really believed in me, supported me, and, and believed that my goals were important enough to share something with me. So at this point in your life, you've exercised pretty much all your muscles. <laughs> Almost, yes, sir. Almost. <laughs> a quick break to encourage you to move. Physical activity is associated with a reduced risk of chronic disease, not to mention improved bone health, cognitive function, weight control, and overall quality of life. Simply put, more movement is the gateway to better health. Need some help to get going? Physical therapists are movement experts who use exercise, hands-on care, and patient education to help you meet your goals. You can contact a PT directly for an evaluation. Learn more and find a physical therapist near you at choosept.com. Where you work now, your your patient mix, you have NFL and NBA players, mixed martial arts fighters, uh, endurance athletes, and, yeah. and also just uh, people who, uh, who aren't uh, athletes. Yep. What, what insights do you feel like your experiences as an athlete bring to your ability to, to understand and, and best treat everybody who comes to see you? Well, you know, I think we're all athletes. I think just some of, we do some of our activities in public and some of our activities in private. But I do believe we're all athletes. That's first and foremost. And so... I take that into any treatment that I believe that an individual has something that they want to get better. Or they want to become to see me for that move better, you know, walk better, whatever it may be. As I've kind of applied a lot of the principles and lessons I've learned to, you know, if you want to call them general population, they receive them pretty well. You know, I think they, they, they enjoy the idea that I care about them enough to push them. Right. And I think that's one thing I, I take away is, is how much how much coaches really kind of pour into their athletes. I do the same thing as I pour into my clients and to my patients. Right. I really I, I really want them to do well. I really, really, I really do care about them. And if I was to say anything as far as, you know, like technique, I portion to that. But it really is like I take how much love I felt and how much I guess. uh <sighs> family I felt when I when I was playing football I try and get that to each one of my patients right I want them to feel like I care because I do care I want you know, how's your how's your mom doing how's your dad how's work I'm sorry to hear that you know that's that's horrible because at the end of the day it's really about the relationships you build 
And you know, so somebody used to tell me all the time, nobody really cares what you know until they know that you care. Mm-hmm. Earlier, we were talking about you. You mentioned the fact that uh, you have two daughters. Uh, you don't have sons, but uh, you know you, you you think sometimes about uh, about CTE and head injuries and everything in, in, in football. Do you think that that's something that um, physical therapy can help with? You know, that's a great question. I have kind of explored the concussion around a little bit. You know, that's on the front end. Physical therapy can help. Um, how just yet and to what way, I don't know. I don't know that. I know there's a lot of places they do some some work as far as cognitive work and trying to improve, you know, the, their their memory and, and trying to reduce a lot of the signs and symptoms consistent with CTE. So I, I see that, but I am hopeful that the sport will get a lot safer. I'm hopeful that players will start to see the benefits of, you know, working on not just, you know, the physical things, but also the mental things as far as, you know, memory, you know, cognition, you know, but CTE is a very, very serious thing that is not getting a lot of attention for these guys playing ball. I know a lot of guys are scared of it. I know a lot of my teammates and ex-teammates that are either with us or no longer with us, I do believe that they have suffered from it. Um, so I, I would like to say, you know, my friend was kind of joking, man. Physical therapy is going to fix everything. No, we really can because I was trying to tell them the benefits of PT. For, we can help with this. We can help with this. So you guys can do everything. Uh, CTE is a rough yeah. one. Yeah. The people who are listening to this podcast, you know, you, you said earlier that you consider everybody to be an athlete, but um, what's your general advice to people, uh, given your expertise as a physical therapist and as a movement expert about mm-hmm. sort of how to, to best prepare and to get the most out of a workout or, or an athletic yeah. activity while ideally avoiding the kinds of injuries that, that bring people to you as a physical therapist? I mean, talking broad strokes here, I'd say number one, sleep. <laughs> uh-huh. Sleep, you know, sleep is such an overlooked component to overall performance. Sleep, number one. Number two, hydrate. Get plenty of fluids in your body. I can't, you know, I'm getting, these are very broad strokes, very general. Sure. Um, and then, of course, last thing is, is to be sure that you're eating well. I, and people always ask me, I get a lot of young young parents um, with the kids, you know, maybe like eight or nine years old or 10 years old. They're asking, hey, what should I, you know, what can I do to make my kid better? Man, make sure your kid's sleeping, out sleeping the competition out eating the competition and at least out drinking the competition as far as water is concerned. <laughs> <laughs> now the other criteria I give a lot of people, especially in this age, is I tell them, you know, young, older, I tell them try and introduce yourself to as many movements as possible. Dance, soccer, football, baseball, quidditch. I don't care. Move in all different patterns. As po- don't become so ingrained in one. Don't learn one way of doing things, you know, partly because I I think that my success at playing football was probably because I never really played peewee football. I didn't have any of these preconceived notions of how I should move or how I should play. So that would be my recommendation. I don't want people coming in for overuse injuries. That's the number one issue I see a lot is overuse Mm -hmm. injuries. So we can get people to move in several different patterns. I assume through, um, what they're capable of doing, we'd be able to get more different styles of movement because it allows you to have a treasure trove of, of possible scenarios you can pull from. And as I'm discussing, in my mind, I'm seeing like literally a box. And in my box, I have like, okay, ballet, I have, you know, dance, I have, you know, rock climbing, I have, you know, water skiing. And in that box, I have all these kind of learning patterns, right? Things mm-hmm. I have to do to be successful at that sport. Here I come playing football. Here I come playing basketball. 
And you know, I'm not presented with a, a position or a, a play I've never seen before. So I have no idea what to do. But because I have this treasure trove of movements, skiing, ballet, I can go in there and quickly, you know, thumb through that. Okay, what, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to make that play. What looks like that play? And then I can, at that point, go ahead and access that. That's going to help your performance. Mm-hmm. As far as injury is concerned, right, we want to try and prevent as many excuse me, prior prevent overuse early and often. So if I have a baseball player who's all wants to do is pitch, right? Eight-year-old kid all wants to do is pitch, 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 pitch. All right, I get you, man. I, I, I understand it. What are other motions that are similar to that that can kind of help us stay in that same mindset but give you a little bit of a rest from that UCL, give us a little bit of rest from that, that rotator cuff, a little rest from that hip. I, I don't want you just grind that hip all day long. You're, you're, you're going to need a hip replacement at 18 year old kid. Stop doing what you're doing, right? Or... Can we go and do Muay Thai? Can I go do kickboxing to get to? You can still get the rotation of the hip in there, but now we're doing it in a different setting, a different environment, and your mindset's completely removed from it being work. So I see it as an opportunity for us to really kind of explore and expand yourself as a human being. Mm-hmm. What do you like to do? Not a, not a football player, not a baseball player, not a, a basketball player. What do you, Robert, what do you, Eric, what do you, John, like to do outside of this thing you call your life, right? You're, you're oh, I love and die for football, I live and die for basketball. Okay, cool, that's cool and all, but at some point you'll be done playing. At some point you gotta do something else. What is that thing? I don't know, you don't know? Well, let's explore that. Let's see what else you enjoy doing. Let's see what other interests you have. Let's explore and expand that brain. Let's get into that right and left uh, uh, lobe. Let's see if we can do a little bit more as far as working on your artistic style. Let's get a little bit more into your 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 your, your computer side. Let's get a little more into the, the you know, the, the number side let's kind of work on all these things and then it makes you a better athlete and a better person so i mean it sounds kind of crazy to say that but i really believe that the more exposure i get to movements the more exposure i get to different environments to different settings to different just different things at all i'm be that much more rounded and more resilient and durable mm-hmm. than my other counterparts and mm-hmm. that's the day is what you want to be resilient and durable well, let's talk a little bit now about sort of where we are, the, this kind of strange year we're in in, in, in 2020. Um, the, the, talking about football, the, the, the current college football schedule has been shaken up by COVID-19, and, and I'm sure the need for safety protocols has affected your work. Yes. Um, what has the pandemic taught you about yourself and the ways in which physical therapy and healthcare uh, might look different in the future? Telehealth was a great opportunity for, I think, PTs to really kind of expand their, their exercise <clears throat> portfolios, if you will, um, also have been really good as far as being creative and how we can treat patients in this new era of, you know, of COVID. Um, I've been re- really relying upon manual skills. Not wrong, but in the sports world, a lot of guys, you know, like put hands on them. Um, and that's been really good to kind of get away from that as much. Um, I really had to shore up on a lot of my communicative skills as far as, you know, cueing and what I want from exercise, because I can't go across, you know, the internet and, hey, man, your, your hips are out of line, and kind of physically move those hips. I have to give cues and find what are our strategies and ways I can communicate what I want um, effectively. And that's been a lot of fun, you know, coming with like cool and crazy sayings. Um, and it's been really good as far as um, learning also what are some of the skill sets that you really are good at and not good at, as far as honing in, like I said, your exercise programming or your communication skills. For me, 
my overall flow has been really changed because of it. I used to have like maybe three or four people in the, same, in the clinic at the same time. I'm kind of juggling a lot and moving people around here and there. I'm able to get a little bit more flow now because I'm more one-on-one. I'm more plugged into my patients, if you will, my clients. I'm really feeling what they're going through, what they're doing, and how I can help them. And it feels like I'm building more relationships. And that to me is, again, the reason I got into this is to help people, number one, also kind of have to work a day in my life and watch ESPN all day. Mm-hmm. But um, that's what I've kind of learned with COVID more so than anything else is exercises have to be really on point as far as your cue is concerned. Really good, good job as far as finding out what areas you're, you can kind of improve on as far as your business is concerned. And then also, for me personally, I've really um, found a, a good time to do a lot more reading, um, do a lot more technique and treatment styles and, and what else is out there and what am I missing. And it's been really good um, as far as these last couple of months, or last five or six months of, you know, we had a little bit of shutdown, so I got a chance to do a lot of reading. Got a chance to do follow a lot of people that I, I've been wanting to kind of catch up in on and see how they're doing. So it, it's been a transition, I'm sure, for all people. But for me, I feel like in the PT world, we're moving closer and closer to telehealth, which is something that I think is is phenomenal for us. But I like for us to keep it. We got to be sure in order for us to keep it, we got to show that it, it has been effective. I think that's where our next hurdle is as a profession is to make sure that, that telehealth is something we can stick around. And you got to show that it is a step above than just Peloton or Demir, right? That's, that's my right. big thing is that's what I'm trying to really compete against, in my opinion, is the Peloton and then, of course, the mirror. Um, if, we can, if we can find value, if our, if our clients, if our people out there who are seeking out PTs and physical therapists can find value in us as opposed to that, then that, to me, is our biggest win. Mm-hmm. But I mean, telehealth is never gonna is never gonna replace hands-on physical therapy. No, it won't. Yeah, and I 100% need that 100%. But I, I do believe that there is, as far as reach, giving um, access, mm-hmm. telehealth is great. So I can I can do, and this is a good thing as far as now what I couldn't do in the past, where you know treat somebody here in Austin, Texas, and then he goes and plays for you know the England Patriots, and he's got a problem, he's got a question, and before I, hey man, go find a PT up there. And now it's like, hey bro, yeah, let's hop on a call and see what's going on. Yeah. Um, I did an eval here in Texas. Cool. Let's see what's going on. And that to me is, is huge because of course I'm, I'm going to help them regardless, but now I get get paid for that. So that, that also is, you know, beneficial for me and my family. The last thing I want to talk to you about, I, I was reading the, uh, the bio of you on, on your, your practices uh, on your clinics uh, website. And, and there was this one line, it, it, it said that you believe that, and I'm quoting you here, through the mindful practice of proper movement, the human experience can be fully appreciated. Now that, if you don't mind my saying so, Robert, that sounds like a very Zen thing for a guy who used to like pummel guys for a living, yeah. you know, used to do. Yeah. So what, do you, what do you mean by that? I mean, exactly what I say. <laughs> no, it would, okay, so I, I came with that statement because I've been working this whole entire post-football life I've been doing is finding out what's the best way to move. There's no reason for anybody, you know, um, in a day-to-day living to be able to squat 600 pounds. There's no reason for somebody to deadlift 800 pounds. There's no reason for you to have to run 4-4. There's no reason for those things in the real world, quote-unquote, right, when I'm done playing. And so that's all I knew. That's only I knew how to train. Yeah. To lift heavy, to go hard, run sprints. So that was not going to be sustainable to my 30s and to my 40s and my 50s. So I had to figure out a way to do that. And so... When I wrote that, I was, and still am, on a mission to find that very thing, right? Because 
I am looking for the ultimate way to keep moving and healthy without putting a whole lot of stress and strain on the body that's undue for no reason. So to answer that question as far as the mindful practice of human movement, there's smart exercises, dumb exercises, right? There's, mm -hmm. there's not saying one, one's good or one's bad. It's just you either use a lot of, of neural capacity or you don't use a lot of capacity. It's either, you know, very, um, very much a, a, you know, making noise, dropping weights. And sometimes you gotta be very precise in your movements. There's gotta be a little bit of blend of both. So as far as a mindful practice of human movement, that to me is you have to be very thought first, uh, thought forward first of what you're doing, what purpose does it serve, and is this sustainable? Okay, if that's the case, then I can go ahead and make that a practice, a mindful practice. A practice something you do every day, you get better at. A lot of patients come in here and like, I can't stand one leg, oh, I can't be all leg. Like, if I gave you violin and told you to play, you know, Bach or, or Mozart, would you be able to do that? No, what would you have to do? I told them to practice. So a practice something you do on a constant basis as you work towards improving it. Mm -hmm. Then you go into the human movement, right? Sports is crazy to me when I think about it, right? Because back in the day, as we were, you know, coming out of the caves, a caveman did not take a rock and throw it at that lizard 200 times, 100 times after it killed it. It hit the lizard, boom, it was dead. Good job. Let's eat. <laughs> Baseball, we take an object or rock, we say, throw it, throw it at that person 100 times. Boom, boom, 100 times. Like, then we ask ourselves, why does the UCL hurt? Why is the shoulder hurt? Um, so to me, the human movement has to be part of it, but also it's got to make sense. That's why it's a mindful practice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can I throw a baseball hundred times? Yes, I can. But I got to be sure that I'm mindful in that practice and I'm doing all the necessary things to avoid injury. Mm -hmm. As far as, you know, the movement portion of it, you know, we need to move. Everybody has to move for the mechanical um, purposes of the of physiology. You got to move, period, in story. But there's got to be a component of, you know, humanity to it right um, i don't want you just doing wall sits i don't want you just doing like walking lunges i don't want you doing like just gym like exercises i want you to have something that you enjoy that has some sense of humanity so for people i you know i'll say like i want you to go for a walk i want you to go hunting i want you to go you know rock climbing all these things are, are things that we as humans have done in the past and we're bringing back to the present so in the human experience can be fully appreciated so to me if you're able to accomplish those things, you have a mindful practice, right? You're being thoughtful in what you're doing. You have a skill set. You have something you're working at. You're trying to better yourself at. You're trying to incorporate some type of human movement into it. All those things are what allows you to enjoy your life, right? Now, granted, I get it. Some people have a little bit different difficulties, different dysfunctions. But if I'm able to go for a walk, right? If I'm able to go for a climb or go for a, a hunt, that is truly being human and experiencing. You're not on your phone trying to find an app and how many pushes you did, you did, or, or you're not on some mirror looking in the room. You, you're outside experiencing life. One of my favorite quotes is from Shawshank Redemption, right? Get busy living or get busy dying. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we're here to live, right here to die. So live means go out there and experience the world, go travel, go see your friends, go on that bike ride, do all these things that you want to do because those things are truly the human experience, interaction and relationships. So yeah, it's a zinful, it's a zinful saying and there's a lot into it. But when I wrote that, that was my thought process. I really, really want people to be, you know, in that mindset when they come to see me, I don't, I'm not just wanting you to be able to run faster. I'm not wanting you to run without pain or to lift that weight over there or you know, go back and play and make this catch. That, that's, that's only part of the equation. Right. The real part that I really care about 
is you as a human being. And a lot of people that I work with, athletes, young athletes, I'll, I'll ask them, you know, questions that are human questions. Not like, you know, what's your fastest sport? What do you want to do when you're done playing? Where do you want to travel? Where's the, where's the craziest place you can imagine travel? What kind of, what kind of man do you want to be? What kind of woman do you want to be? Mm -hmm. What books are you reading? What, what, I want to know who you are as a human first, and then I can treat you as an athlete second. I want to know who you are as a human first. I can treat you as a, you know, a, a, a amateur golfer next, right? I want to know who you are first. I want to treat you as a, a grandma who likes to knit, right? All those things are important, but you being humans first. And we got to find a practice you can maintain. We got to be sure we're mindful in it. And we got to be sure that that is fulfilling you as a human being. If none of those things are, are good, then we're wasting our time. That's why I like work with athletes. That's why I think that most people, if you have a practice and you love it and you're trying to work towards it, now, again, it could be knitting, it could be riding your bike, wherever it may be. That's what I care about more than anything else is that human experience and try to improve that human experience so you can go out and into the world and be the best person you can be. Not the best athlete, that's all, that's, that's, that's don't get me wrong, that's something I really strive for, don't get me wrong, I do want that for you. But I really want you to be the best person, the best human. Because if anything, I'm living proof that it ends. Right. Your sport's going to end. You're not going to be able to do what you want to do all the time. And then what are you going to do then? It's about always looking ahead, really. Right. Well, uh, Robert, uh, thanks so much for speaking to us on Move Forward Radio. We've, uh, we've really appreciated Robert, the time. Jared, it's been a pleasure, man. I, I, I hope some insight was given into this. I don't know if there was, but I pray and hope there was. <laughs> uh, man, it's a pleasure talking to you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guests is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or find previous episodes at ChoosePT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at ChoosePT.com.